Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissist actors, directors, and producers. Here, we'll laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does, and they've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. Today, I'm going to go solo and talk about what I see are the problems with the movie industry vis-a-vis people going to see movies. And we've seen such a fundamental change in the habits and practices of moviegoers, really, of course, since COVID. But you've seen these trends accelerated since the advent of streaming. So I'd say even five to 10 years, you know, you think about like 20 years ago, or when I, when I was in high school, we didn't have email and barely had internet. And we've only had smartphones since 2007 and social media a few years later. And we've only had streaming services really since mid-2010s, 2013, 2014. And you've seen how so many aspects of our life have been so accelerated and so changed because of this rush of technology. But when it comes to movie habits, you've seen a major change. And I think we're going to talk about that today. And I think a couple of the big ones is no one's going to the movie theater. And let me throw in a caveat. So when I was in college, I loved the Oscar bait movies. They're normally released in the fall, and I would go see these movies, and it was a different time. You had Siskel and Ebert, you had commercials, you would see trailers on these commercials, and movie critics, this is like Pauline Kael, but after Pauline Kael, but like someone like Roger Ebert, you'd read the reviews in a newspaper or on their television shows, and you'd be excited to see these things, and you knew what movies were coming out. So when I think of like Miramax Peak, like Harvey Weinstein's peak late 90s, when the Oscars would roll around, normally at the five best pictures, I would have seen three or four by the time the nominations came out. And now it's so radically different. The only people who are really going back to the theaters post-COVID is typically for a couple of genres. This is going to be previous intellectual property, so namely Marvel movies or Top Gun or The Minions, movies that are already ex- pre-existing IP. So typically the, the kind of action, DC, Marvel, aforementioned stuff. People will go see those. Now, their numbers might not be as good. If you notice, the last three Marvel movies haven't been that good in terms of generating the, the income that they normally do. <laughs> they even consider it's like, oh, when when uh, Doctor Strange gets $500 million, it's not considered successful. It's, it's insanely successful. But given the, what they're used to at peak, peak Marvel, the last two, three movies, The Eternals is another one, has not done well. But people will still turn out for those. The other genre that people will still go to theaters for is horror. Horror does very well because horror doesn't cost a lot to money. You think of Blumhouse. Blumhouse is, is very famous for making these, these movies, 
where maybe they cost 10 mil. And so when a movie costs 10 mil, and it's something like horror, which is skewed toward adolescents and 20-somethings, they're going to turn out for them, especially, wait for it, if it's pre-existing IP like the Insidious franchise or Paranormal Activity back in the day or, or any of those, people will turn out to those. And so if a movie makes $35 million domestic, that's considered a success because you got your, your ROI, your return of investment back. And then maybe the third group that, that people will turn out to is going to be children's movies, even though children's movies haven't done as well. You look at this year, really only the Minion movie exceeded expectations. You look at Lightyear, Lightyear tanked. Now there's various reasons as to why people think Lightyear tanked. The conservatives will tell you it's because they had this open uh, gay characters. Some would say it's because you didn't have any of the other Toy Story characters there, but either way it tanked. You look at Strange World by Disney tanked. And I think Sonic did relatively well, but again, that's a pre-existing uh, franchise. So you still see people somewhat turning out for the kids' movies. But the bread and butter of what I grew up on, no one is going to the theaters. And this is going to be dramas, adult dramas, and romantic comedies. You do not see these in the theaters anymore. And why would they? Why would they? No one's going to see these movies in the theaters. And I can just anecdotally tell you. So in, in the late 90s, early knots, I'd be going to the movies all the time all the time. I love the Merchant Ivory movies when they were big. Anything with Kenneth Branagh, I was there. Anything with Emma Emma Stone, I'm sorry, not Emma Stone, anything with Emma Thompson, I was there. Anything with Helena Bonham Carter, I was there. Any adaptation of any British novel, I was there. So you saw a lot of that in the late 90s, early noughts. And now I can tell you I've gone to the movie theater maybe five times in the last seven years. And I am in that age demo. I'm an adult male. So why am I not going to the movie theater? Has nothing to do with COVID. I wasn't scared of COVID. It's just, I think it's a combination of streaming and tickets are too expensive. And I can just be patient and wait till they get home. It's not like I have a gigantic TV screen to watch these, but why am I going to spend $12 on a ticket and then exorbitant amounts of, of uh, exorbitant price for concessions when typically in the past I would just sneak in s snacks. Don't tell anybody. I would go to Sprouts, <laughs> go through the, the bins and sneak in some chocolate almonds. But it's expensive. So I remember I took my very young children, I have four, to Force Awakens when it came out because I raised my sons on the Star Wars originals. So I took them to see the three movies. I took my daughter to see Frozen 2. And maybe I have my mother still alive. She's in her 80s. I think I saw a movie with her. And I'm probably missing another one. I think maybe I saw the Alien sequel movie, Prometheus, the reboot, and that's it, to be honest. That's it. That's it. But I still keep up with movies. I just wait till they're on streaming. So you, you see like adult movies, and going back to the Oscar movies for this year, Fablements, Spielberg's home childhood movie, Tanking. You look at Tar, Tanking. 
you look at pretty much all the movies that are considered to be Oscar worthy not doing well why is it because I think middle-aged people who are the types that would go see these Oscar bait movies just aren't turning out and a lot of them don't know because look in the old in the old model like in the 90s how would you know about a movie coming out linear television you would see an ad a trailer just on regular primetime television you would see a trailer how else word of mouth what else you would read them you'd read reviews in the newspaper and compare it to what the Millennials and Gen Zers how do they get their content what they're, they're not watching linear television unless it's a sporting event they're not watching CSI fill in the blank they're not reading newspapers they don't really care about Pauline Kales and and Siskel and Eber or anybody that's worth their an ounce of, of respectability and film critique they're not reading that they're on TikTok and since they're not really being exposed to trailers how are they even supposed to know about these movies so it's just the, the vehicle to get trailers and get momentum to people is a lot harder is a lot harder and then you so that's one of the reasons they're not going to the theater because they don't know about it a lot of them who might be cinephiles just don't want to spend the money and they're like well I can wait and B there isn't really a hype machine anymore that there used to be like in the 90s where Harvey Weinstein was was cranking out tons of money for Shakespeare and love to eventually beat Saving Private Ryan so I lament the the movie industry and look I'm contributing to that because I don't go to the theaters but I loved it when you could watch rom-coms and dramas. And when you see a non-IP drama come out, God bless them. It doesn't do well, but kudos to them. So look, I'm not a big fan of Damien Chazelle's Babylon, but kudos to him for releasing it theatrically. It's going to tank, which it is tanking now. Look at Damon and Affleck's follow-up. They wrote the screenplay for Last Duel. Ridley Scott directs it. Judy Comer is the female lead. They're in it. Adam Driver's in it. It takes place in the 14th century. This movie would thrive in 1997, right after Goodwill Hunting. This type of movie would have thrived, throve, thriven, thrived back then. Now, in the world we live in, nobody saw it. Why? Because middle-aged people like myself aren't going to the theaters. A lot of middle-aged people who would normally like this stuff, like my dad, may he rest in peace, you give them an historical movie like that, medieval, costumes, fighting, he's in. He's in. But nobody has seen these adult dramas. So they just put them on, on streaming. Rom-coms. In the 90s, you had all the Meg Ryan vehicles. Then you had all the Julia Roberts vehicles. My Best Friend's Wedding, Did a Killing, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Kate Hudson, Overrated, Made a Killing. Even in the early 2000s, you still saw rom-coms. You saw all the Kate Hudson rom-coms and McConaughey rom-coms. You would still see like Brides Wars with Hathaway and Kate Hudson. You see Ashton Kutcher do some rom-coms. And they would make money because overall they were relatively easy to make and people would turn out for them. Now, rom-coms are dead. No studio is going to release a rom-com pretty much a theatrical release. 
you saw the Julia Roberts Clooney. I can't remember the, the weekend ghetto. I can't remember the name of it where they're they're estranged parents and they have to get back together to try to break up their daughter from marrying this guy they think is a loser. That did relatively well because it had Clooney and Julia Roberts. But you see almost all the rom-coms are being released where? Streaming. To all the boys I loved before. That's I mean, that would be theatrical release in the 80s. That's a John Hughes ripoff. They even pay homage to John Hughes in those movies set it up with Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch Leia Thompson's daughter that's a very successful rom-com that you find on Netflix and so if you are if you're a studio why are you going to make a romantic comedy you're not going to get your money back on theatrical release and the dramas unless they are Marvel or some pre-existing IP why are you going to do the same thing there? You're not going to make your money back. So this is where the movie studios are right now. And I would, my advice to them is, look, we are in the situation we're in. I think the only movies that you'll give a theatrical release are going to be the, the blockbusters, the ones that you know will do well, the ones that deserve to be in theatrical release, because you definitely want to watch Avatar 2 on an IMAX screen. And I have not seen Avatar but you definitely want to watch that at IMAX and not at home. So yeah, all the Marvel, all the DC, whatever Transformers reboot they do, eventually Top Gun 3, we know Mission Impossible, the last two installments are going to come out. All these are going to do well in theatrical release. Horrors will still be profitable in theatrical release. But pretty much everything else, they just got to either, this is, this is my advice to them, one of two things. One, just don't even bother giving them theatrical release or do what Ryan Johnson did for Knives Out where Netflix said, okay, we'll release it for a week in the theaters and then it's going to be exclusively on Netflix. You can do that. And also the benefit of that, of course, it can be considered for Oscar consideration like Netflix did with Roma and some of the other ones where Apple did with Coda. I mean, here's the other thing about the Academy Awards, and we'll talk about this. I'll do an episode as the Academy Awards gets closer. Nobody watches them anymore. Nobody cares. I mean, if I didn't mention Coda, could you have told me who won the last three years of Best Pictures? Nobody cares. And that's a whole separate ball of wax, how they went from having the Oscars be like a zeitgeist moment where people would watch this to like nobody cares and yes you can say create new categories this year make sure you nominate Top Gun 2 more people will turn out but it, it's just a major paradigm change and it needs a massive restructuring for the Academy Awards to get relevant again because they're not relevant the other option is just don't even put rom-coms and dramas anymore because look they can look good on your screen at home but the other thing is have some sort of gradation pay scale or charge scale fee scale so for your avatar 2 you can charge your $15 or whatever you charge but then on a rom-com or on a drama $4 then you'll get people to come out the the, the movie theaters like AMC and, and Regal they'll love that because people are going to buy the concessions the theaters are struggling right now because people aren't going back people aren't going back so you could do that that's the other thing is there are there is a segment of people like myself 
who maybe would go to the theaters if there was like a last duel movie coming out or something like that or a good rom-com that had good quality actors with with chemistry but make the tickets four dollars at least you're getting people into the seats but if you keep a rom-com or a drama at twelve dollars and people know that within six weeks it's going to be vod people aren't going to go to the theaters because of the aforementioned reasons because of the paying for parking and the concessions and all that and now you've also conditioned people because of covid like look at disney that you've conditioned people that why do I need to go if I know it's going to be in Disney in four weeks? That's what they did with Encanto. That's what they did with um, Disenchanted, the Enchanted sequel. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we're not even going to release this. In theaters, we're just going to release it straight to to Disney. So people are savvy. They're be like, we'll just wait four weeks. So this is my tips. These are my tips to the, the industry. Movie theaters are not going to rebound unless you put incentives for people like myself to go to the theater. And the only reason I would go to a theater since I don't watch Marvel movies or Avatar or any of these is make the tickets cheaper. And just going back to previous intellectual property, I love Top Gun. I did not see Top Gun until I took a, a trip to Europe and I watched it on the plane. And that was seven months after it was released. Even my kids saw it in the theaters like daddy when are you going to see Top Gun 2 I'm like yeah I don't want to spend $10 I'll just wait and I waited and waited and waited and now if I want to watch it again it's on Paramount right so be patient but otherwise guys if you don't agree with my opinion I would love uh, to hear from you eventually I'll create some Facebook group or something where, where you guys can can uh, tell us what you think but this is just my opinion on the industry that that is severely struggling and I love Hollywood clearly I wouldn't have a channel on Hollywood if I didn't love it but I just think that it's a combination just of a, of a bunch of things. And I think, and I pray that Marvel and, and, and all these comic book movies, they make a lot of money because people like my children and teenagers will go see them. But I pray we can go back to a time where action movies like Die Hard or Cliffhanger or any of the, the action movies of Rambo, First Blood, I just mentioned all the Stallone movies all the Schwarzenegger movies where you can have a movie that has no pre-existing IP be released and do well. But I think Hollywood is so addicted to Marvel in these comic books that they've alienated the middle-aged people who have no interest. You know, Scorsese, about a year ago, said that Marvel movies weren't really cinema. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think he is a voice of a lot of people who think it's just like, why am I going to go to the theaters to see this? It's garbage. Superhero, it's it's like the same thing. Man or woman finds a superpower that they have. That's the first third of the movie. Second third of the movie is introducing the villain and trying to figure out how the superpowers work. Third act is cities explode. Good guy fights the bad guy. Good guy never dies unless it's Age of Ultron. So, or Infinity War, I should say. See, I don't even know my marbles. But that's the thing. It's like we. I think we need to get away, even though they are very profitable. We need to get away from the Marvel paradigm and maybe there'll be a time where we'll, the, uh, the pendulum will oscillate back and you'll see like in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s where adult dramas and adult action movies that didn't have pre-existing IP would thrive but until then I don't see anything changing at all guys I would love to hear from you until next time take care God bless thanks for listening to the Cinema Rack 
please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.